It is February 5th, 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, SmackDown Live Edition. Mr. Matt Morgan, Raj Geary. This felt like the SmackDown of old tonight. Everything felt like a repeat, even down to that opening segment. What did you think of the show overall, Matt? Do you mean repeat as in bad? Uh, I just felt inessential. If you missed tonight's show, would you feel like you missed uh, anything? Because even Becky versus yeah. Triple H, we that saw part. that last night. Okay, a variation so like, of that. Sorry. Yes, but still when his music hit, it was exciting. It was cool. It was different. High point of the show. Um, but yeah, other than that, they didn't really move from there. Yeah. <laughs> it was tough. I thought this whole show was skippable after the Daniel Bryan promo. I thought Daniel Bryan and Bryan was entertaining. It didn't really say anything, but it was entertaining. Uh, I thought the Becky segment was probably the highlight of the show. After that, I felt like it just kind of went downhill. This was the problem I said a couple of weeks ago with the Elimination Chamber. They just announced everyone in the match as opposed to having qualifying matches. None of these matches have stakes. The women's Elimination Chamber, they just declared themselves instead of having to you know, wrestle or do something to get in. And so they declare themselves, and then they have a pointless match on the show that doesn't mean anything. So you just have a bunch of matches that don't mean anything. And if, if you haven't had your wrestling fix, fine. But there's no story. There's no anticipation. You know, Eric Bischoff always talks about Sarsa on his podcast, which is story, anticipation, reality, surprise, action. There's none of that except for action. Yeah. 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 We opened up tonight with uh, Charlotte Flair coming out, and I'm curious to get your guys' take on this. So Charlotte was basically saying, hey, if Becky can't compete, you know, I'm good to go. I'll match against Ronda. It's all good. Uh, Becky came out through the crowd. Triple H came out and confronted her. Triple H dismissed Charlotte, said, Charlotte, this does not concern you, um, and then proceeded to have a face-off <laughs> with Becky. You may go now. Yeah, I mean, Matt, do you think this made no, this, Charlotte look like an yeah, upper mid-carter? Yes, yeah. this was a reversal. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. It yeah. was a reversal of Stephanie McMahon dressing down Mick Foley, Kurt Angle, every other power player WWE history, uh, and God forbid an uprising talent. <clears throat> and uh, this was the same damn thing, just a male doing it to a female this time. Um, I didn't like it. I never like when they do that. It, it, you don't jump wrong. It, it does concern her. Of course it concerns her. She's next <laughs> in line if she can't wrestle. Of course it concerns her. I just sometimes feel like the writers or Vince just should be like, this were Steve Austin and The Rock, people we treated like stars. Stick to that logic. Stick to that logic. That needs yeah. to be their new what? mantra. When I do, when I write this for Rock or Austin. Right. And, just and I know people writers. are going to jump and say they're not Rock or Austin, but that's because Fine. no one's treated like that. Yes. There's a, yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, just just think about what would would I just brush Rock off and tell him to go to the back that he may go now? You would Hell never do that. No. You wouldn't do he that. Would light, and in, and in defense, in the defense, he would light them up if they even tried Raj. So that's right. some of these talents need to start thinking about. Right, and forget Rock Ross, even Brett and Sean, you know, and any of those guys, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't just can walk imagine, out. Can you imagine Vince like nerdy? announcer Vince who still hasn't really announced to the world yet that he's the owner of WWE turning to Bret Hart and saying you know this doesn't concern you and totally jabron him and box him out and continue the promo with Sean <laughs> or whoever it would never happen right <laughs> yeah I mean this I thought Charlotte felt like mid-card Miz tonight and she I, I felt almost she was like trying too yeah. hard because she knew she was going to be dismissed like she was she just didn't feel natural heel in this. Like she, she felt like she was overdoing it a bit. Um, 
Yeah, it was a little chalkboard scratchish a little bit here and there with it yeah. kind of overselling the knee thing and screaming and yeah. Right. So we had that. Uh Becky with Triple H I like that better than Becky with Steph last night. Um like I said, I Me thought too. this was the high point of the show when they got in that face off yeah. and then she smacked Triple H. Hey guys, there's something to be said though about the uncomfortability of a face to face that close. Especially I don't know why, between a man and a woman. I give her credit. When Triple H got right in there, she was right there, like nose to nose. Like right up on him. Like like you would in a real fight. Like I know I would if I want someone to punch me. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like invading that personal space that we're supposed to we have this invisible force field between us as wrestlers. It's about a it's about a foot, six inches to about a foot. And when if you break it, they say you look like a wuss if you do not have physical conflict between one another and punch one another at that point, if there's a heated exchange. But mm-hmm. she's been able right. to do it in a way where I'm uncomfortable watching, going, okay, this kind of this feels real a little bit. I thought it was great. A lot of tension. She holds it. Yeah. She holds it really well. Loved when she was smiling at him. Uh, she took it from intensity to just sort of, uh, I, th- I think she clearly got the better of that um, interaction with him. I think, look, she's the hottest thing right now. And I'm going to put this out there in the chat room. Okay, so we said last night, opened Raw SmackDown in the same week. She opened SmackDown Raw and SmackDown in the same Damn week. Right. Who was the last person to do that? Maybe John Cena 10 years ago? Wow. I mean, that's just a guess, but I can't remember the last time that we had a superstar be the focal point of three opening segments on the main roster television. Not for both shows. Yeah. I mean, and they know it. So in response to the ratings, Raj, you, uh, Wrestling Inc., wrote about this today. Uh, Ratings are down across the board. Um, I believe Meltzer said uh, WWE is going to be taking some risks, trying some things. They're trying to figure out why. company knows Becky is... The, the hottest thing they got going. So they're clearly putting her front and center and uh, good for her. It's about time. Yeah. I mean, she hasn't moved ratings uh, yet, but um, okay. you know, I think part of that is just the show is just so long that even if there is a hot character, I don't know if you're going to convince fans to sit through a three hour show for, you know, something they haven't seen before. Um, I don't know. You know, in SmackDown, I feel like it gets, it gets hurt by Rob being so long the night before that, you don't have, you know, you're not left wanting more. But um, yeah, ratings are down a lot from last year. They're down 18% for this week. Raw, uh, raw at least was. What it seems to be going on with the Becky, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. The Becky thing, guys, to me is that she's hitting a home run. And get, get, as far as fans go, we're all giving A pluses on everything with her pretty much for the most part. We're excited because of her for the most part. And we're going to watch them no matter what. My question is, when does it get to the point where she's bringing new people over to watch the show? Is that even possible nowadays is my next question. Yeah, that's what I wonder. Because we're watching somebody, say what you will, guys. We're watching somebody maximizing their potential at the moment, maximizing a crap, no offense to them, but crap storyline and crap story writing sometimes. And the the organicness of her overness, if you will, is very real, okay? And it's still not bringing people over that normally wouldn't watch the show. Right. So what do you do? 
Yeah. You got to change the show around. You got to, you know, they've been doing the same formula for like 20 years now. Uh, You need to freshen it up. Like I think a a, a wrestling fan from the 90s that stopped watching will probably turn it on today and be like, wow, they're still doing this. And it just looks like that product with less charismatic stars because they're not given the opportunity to to do anything. That assessment of what someone from the 90s who hasn't watched it in a while comes back and sees it now would say, I agree with that. They would say that. I just, I think they get, I mean, they need like four Beckys right now to hold down both brands. Um, I mean, it's just, there's not that much that's interesting. I I wonder if that would, yeah, would that get a person that normally doesn't watch to watch? Well, we see what happens with, I mean, you saw Mustafa Ali, right? Pin Daniel Bryan like a month ago, (laughs) like is just basically uh, uh, getting destroyed every week now i mean he didn't get destroyed but you know he, he he's losing all the time it's like so, wwe is in a rush to make every turn everyone into dolph ziggler just make him normal and not be a superstar like Bron, you know braun Strowman. And, and when i say dolph ziggler i don't mean him personally i mean how they push him and they you know bringing him down and anytime they get some steam they bring him down and they just do that with so many talents that it's hard for anyone to be special yeah uh, at this point, they got to do something. Um, a case in point, the segment that had the misfortune of following this was Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev, two guys that lost to R-Truth last week, teaming up as a tag team to go against Gallows and Anderson. Um, I thought this was a good match. I'm glad they got a win in the first time together as a tag team, but the pacing of this and the context, I don't know, Matt, what did you think of this? Uh, my volume is going to change a little bit. I apologize to the listeners. Um, good. I, I, I liked it, but you're right. The pacing was off. Yeah. Raj, how, what can they do? What can they do to follow up a hot segment like Becky and not have it just instantly fall into the shadow? You know what they do back in the day, you know, uh, back when nitro, you, you start off with a super hot high flying match or, you know, like the cruiserweights or something. Um, you start off with something hot. Um, you know, when the crowd's going, don't just bring them down right away. Start it, you know. Start off with something high, you know, the cruiserweights, they're doing nothing on 205 Live. No one's watching that show. Incorporate it into SmackDown and and give them something. Muhammad. What's his name? Uh, uh, Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali. Bring that cat out there. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, they, I, even if they put the page trailer uh, segment before this match rather than after it, I think it would have just given it a little bit of a break. I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, so Gals Anderson, man, how must these guys be feeling at this point? They've barely been on TV. They get this match. They lost to a tag team that was just put together uh, for this. Annoyed, frustrated, <laughs> annoyed. D- done. They did exactly what they were told to go do, you guys. They yeah. Went yeah. Out, they went out to a foreign country. They went to Japan. They got themselves over, they come back, and WWE was not ready for them. They just signed them because they're talented and everyone told them to. But they don't have plans in place for these guys. Yeah, they're in creative purgatory. Like, you know, they'll when they need a tag team to kind of put in for the champs to beat, they'll call them up, and then they're off of TV, you know, once that program's over. When are their, their deals up, Rush? So when did they when did they start? 2016? Yeah, three years ago, thereabouts. So, 
So it's three years. So it's probably up in like April. They seem like a logical choice to make the jump to AEW. I hope it's a risk. If they've made their money, yes. I hope they go and they made their money first. Yeah, you're, you're, you know, to jump ship to something that hasn't had a show yet, that's, that's a risk. You know, they got a billionaire behind it, but it's a risk. It is. Have to it's ask. It's almost you like you, you try to resign for a short-term, de- you know, see if you could get a two-year deal, stick around, and then see what AEW becomes, and then, you know, risk, you know, all that, you know, all that money and and everything. Because chances are you're going to get a good deal from WWE right now. If AEW doesn't work in two years, and if they fail, WWE will get them back at you know pennies on the dollar, dimes on the dollar. Yeah. Ah, oh, so uh, Rusev won that with a super kick to Anderson, pinned him for the win. They won. After that, Mustafa Ali promo. But real quick, did you guys hear? Did you guys see the the articles on Rusev and Lana on uh, Lillian Garcia's podcast? No, what it say? Now Rusev is just—he just seems like frustrated as hell. He's talked about how he's tried everything. He's tried changing his look and tried approaching Vince and how the Rusev Day thing was going over and they wouldn't do anything with it. And everything you're you're reading, you know, a lot of times you're like, well, there must be a reason why they're not getting the push. Maybe they're late for work or they're not coming up with ideas. You know, like there's a behavior issue. Yeah, seems like there's none of that. And Rusev has no idea what's going on, and they just. Just don't do anything with them. Sometimes it's just because. Sometimes yeah. there's, not enough, there's not enough room. Sometimes there's not enough, they'll say there's not enough time. But when you have something organic, like Rusev Day, I'm sorry, writing team. I keep getting on y'all. I don't even know you guys, but you have no one else to point the finger at because it ain't the talent's fault. He went over and got himself over. One of the hardest things to do in 2019 for a professional wrestler, is to go out and get over as the baby face. In yeah. an industry where we've let the cat completely out of the bag now, of it's a work between good guy versus bad guy, and people to emotionally invest in a good guy, nine out of ten times, can feel silly doing that, right? So it's even yeah. harder to make someone root for the good guy, which the guy goes out and does. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you... If we were at peak Rusev day right now, it would be the second hottest thing on SmackDown after Becky Lynch. Yeah, instead of going with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk, we've talked about this before, how much of it was really for the character and how much was it just fans having fun. But who cares? Go with it. Try to make it, try to, you know, uh, transition that to the character. And, uh, yeah. you know, try to, you know, get them to shine. Instead of just trying to kill the whole, you know, kill the whole thing. Now, admittedly, did you remember when we talked about this? And I would say this to you, Raj. I'd ask both of you guys. Do we think this is the fans cheering him, like legitimately? Or right. they in on the joke? See what I was doing? I was still stuck in the WWE bubble world of thinking and overanalyzing shit. Instead of just going with what you just said. Isn't the name of the game entertainment? Make somebody feel something, an emotion, uh, to emote one way or the other? So if they are laughing or they are giggling or they're not and they are serious, it doesn't matter. It's a reaction. A yeah. Really right. Top notch reaction. Shut the fuck F up and get out of the way and let it continue and flourish. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, Rusev Day, I don't know why it connected. To me, it reminds me, I mean, it's so it's so stupid. It's brilliant. It's silly, like out of something, out of an 80s or 90s cartoon villain, the idea that he just declares Rusev Day, Aiden comes out and sings a song. But it worked. Him singing the song It was, it was a fun it duo. The, fun, the crowd was into it. Even though, you know, I don't know if they would have passed a 205 live test at that point. But, um, Fine. you know, the fans were into it and tried to put them in a hot feud to take them to that next level that's but we see that time and time again someone's getting over and they cool them off yeah, yeah. It's uh, frustrating. you know hey maybe there's hope maybe nakamura turns on him before mania aiden english comes out and saves the day and that's what was uh, rusev's quote from the interview he's like i don't know why they broke me and aiden up it seemed like it was working yeah. <laughs> but anytime you go back to something it's just never the same right yeah, yeah. usually not yeah it's very strange um and i feel like we're just bagging on everything here but mustafa ali that promo tonight a week or two ago remember got that awesome promo shot on the street it looked like film loved it right and then tonight we're back to handheld camera randy orton's looked much sillier by comparison randy sitting there talking about this devastation and trying to come across really evil and sinister in like a brightly lit room with a you know that red backdrop just looks stupid (laughs) You know what? A lot of these promos too, they, they start off like it's something from a, a fortune cookie. Like they're, you know, it's like not something you'd say normally. They'll be like, you know, they say that it's not how much you make, but how much you save, you know, like it's like not natural. No one talks like that. Dude. It was like my, my, my first, my first stuttering promo. Vince was on the opposite side of the camera. Okay. You guys hear me? And, and he would have me look off, like not look into the lens like this, but I'd be, have to be like this. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see me. My eyes are facing this way. Yes. His hand was over there, wanting me to stare at his hand the whole time. And I'm going, tonight, Matt Morgan takes years of aggression out, blah, 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 blah. And I remember going, you know, with all due respect, that's not how, like, you would really talk in real life, though. So why am I doing that here? You say you right. sprinkle reality into this and don't play wrestler, Mr. McMahon. I feel like I was just playing wrestler right there. But you couldn't really give me an answer. Yeah. Right. And how they have people standing watching the, the monitors backstage or sideways and, you know, kind of looking up like to the side. It's so unnatural. And to me, they might think it looks better for the camera. But for me, it takes me out of it because it looks so unnatural. And it's like, wh- why does this scene look weird? And it's like, oh, yeah, no one watches a screen like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So Randy versus Mustafa was, I think, the best match tonight. The the end of that match was great. Sure. That yeah. was a really good match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Randy won with the RKO. Like but, uh, you know, I that think the cool RKO. Badass RKO, but I, I still <laughs> rather, you know, homeboy win. Yeah, I felt like Ali could use it. He's yeah. kind of been, you know, creative purgatory is as i said earlier but um yeah i mean that's this is how how many times do we see this you got a multi-person match and you just see the mix and matching until that show with no rhyme or reason so this was just an example of it and then samoa joe attacked at the end of the match i mean they pulled this twice in one night the post-match attack yeah. with the same guys yeah it was the exact same thing for no reason they're attacking each other for no reason 
you know, it's not like you're, they're trying to take someone out of the match or, or there's a story for why they're just coming in. They just go in and do the same melee. And they did it twice in the same show, which was just lazy. It's, it's like they're reminding you, hey, I'm part of this angle too. Don't forget. Yeah. Yeah, this was the first episode of SmackDown. Like after the Daniel Bryan promo, I actually liked it. And I was like, there's nothing really keeping me wanting to watch this show. There's, um, and maybe something will surprise me, but, and it didn't. You know, I figured it out. I figured out why I was kind of weak this week. Road Dog was so busy because he was worrying about last <laughs> night in that segment he was in. He just wasn't able yeah. to work as hard on SmackDown this week. Yeah, he there, there you it. go. He crushed he, it last night. He was great last night. Man, that segment with him last night, I mean, that was better than anything uh, aside from Becky and Randy Mustafa's yep. segment tonight. Um, well, I'm yep. Mike, who's like that on the current roster that can just go out and – you know, go out guns blazing and get the crowd going. There's not many people that, you know, light, you know, light up a, a crowd like he does. No. Do you guys remember that episode of SmackDown was around the invasion time when they just, for the last segment, sent the rock and Mick Foley out there and they were just like bullshitting, like one linering each other back and forth for like 20 minutes. Uh-uh. This wasn't the, uh, this is your life segment. Right? No, it wasn't that this was like post invasion. Okay. They just sent them out there and it was like the closing segment was just them like giving each other a hard time and talking trash. Uh, but that's the thing. It's like, guys, now, I don't know who could do that. I think Daniel Bryan could do that. Um, and this oh, promo yeah. he cut tonight, I thought it was really good. I thought it was interesting that they did the promo separate from the match. Yeah, same here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when he came out, I assumed it was for the match. Then he did the promo because they've been doing that where the rest, you know, all of a sudden the other, some other wrestler's music starts playing and then they go to the ring and, it, it, it seems like they're going to interrupt the people in the ring, but they're not. They're just going out for their match. So that's that's what I thought was happening here. And Rowan got some mic time. Yeah, he's, he's no Daniel Bryan. Quoting Galileo. Oh, Daniel Bryan. I mean, he's such a great promo. I think him, Samoa Joe. I think all the great, the best promos in the company right now, unless I'm missing someone, are on SmackDown with uh, Daniel Bryan, Becky Lynch, Samoa Joe, and the Usos. Um, I, can't, I mean, I can't I, think of anyone else. I'm having a hard time get over the getting over the new title belt. Yeah. You don't like it? I, I get the heat. I understand it. I, I guess I know I'm not falling in line with it, but I, I hate it. It bothers me. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I'm I'm one of those that uh, if you're if you're watching a scripted sporting event and and there's a symbol of what you're fighting for. And it looks like a joke. You make that to be a, it's a prop and it's a joke. It just takes a lot of the meaning out. Like if you, if you saw the Super Bowl ring and they decided to go green one year, it's, it's just a piece of kale. It, it takes the seriousness out of the game a little bit. It does. I don't like it. I didn't like it when Jeff Hardy did it at TNA with his own title. Right. You know, I didn't like it then. I don't like when anybody gets to put their own spin on the, on the world title. I just think it should be it's its own entity at all times. It's the ultimate trophy that everybody should be fighting for. And when you get it, you cherish the hell out of it. Yeah. Although the Steve Austin smoking skull was pretty badass. Yeah. Even then. I know it looked cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I I remember the first time when Ultimate Warrior did it, when he changed the straps okay. to like match his gear. Intercontinental title, I remember he did. they, they, they did that too for him. He made it all yeah. white, and um, I did yeah, and he changed it to like yellow. Yellow, I thought it was cool, so I got to admit that part. I did. 
Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. I was like, the championship should be the championship. Yeah, yeah. You know what's weird tonight? We didn't see any of the any of the NXT call ups, did we tonight? Heavy Machinery worked with Sanity. Uh, they worked a dark match. <laughs> okay. But yeah, Lacey Evans hasn't been around. Uh, EC3 got the big win over Ambrose. So, yeah. Uh, and the news I'm sure everyone saw: uh, Dosovic and Knight are gone. Now it's just Otis and Tucker. No last names for Heavy Machinery. No last names. <laughs> Didn't we call that a couple of weeks ago? We said they're yeah. going to drop Otis's last name. Yes. Tucker Knight's kind of a cool name, so I was kind of surprised that they dropped that. But I guess – I bet you Vince sees them as like the Bushwhackers. You know, they were just Luke and Butch. Yep. And uh, he doesn't see them becoming single stars in the future, so have them as a tag team with, with them one name because Tucker is not a, uh, you know, a main event name. No. Yeah. Uh, we saw the Usos backstage uh, hyping up. They're going to be on McMiz TV next week uh, with Shane McMahon and The Miz. Uh, we got AJ Styles having some backstage words with Jeff Hardy about facing Daniel Bryan in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Then uh, Carmella and Naomi are a tag team, and they faced Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville and the Iconics in a triple threat tag match for no stakes because there aren't all these women in the Elimination Chamber match already. Right. Yeah, they're the three SmackDown teams. Naomi and Carmella, they did that backstage promo. And uh, I know you guys don't have daughters, but I, I have an eight and a nine-year-old. And they watch a lot of those like Bring It On movies right now where it's like some cheerleading competition with the bad girl side and the good girl side. And Naomi and Carmella were like every heel bad girl cheerleading you know, team in these movies that they're watching. It, uh, yeah. it, it just kind of cracked me up. The first Bring It On is legitimately a great movie. It is. I second it. Yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, you've never seen Wow. I'm surprised. All, like, in fact, don't even let your daughters watch the sequels. The sequels are all trash. Just watch the first one. It's really, really good. Um, anyhow, so uh, this match happened. Sony DeVille and Mandy Rose won. This match was terrible, by the way. <sighs> None of these women are winning the belts. I think the Iconics last the longest in that match. I still like the Iconics, and I'm still rooting for him. They've got personality, but... Corey Graves called it the biz- biggest victory since WrestleMania three. <laughs> yeah, yeah Mandy, Mandy beating Naomi again. There's, I'm sure they're going somewhere with that, because she's been beating Naomi on, uh, at every turn. The most talented, by the way, you guys, everyone can say what they want about Becky and everybody else. But Naomi is the most talented diva they have, or female wrestler, I should say. As far as pure athleticism, um, oh God, she's so good. Yeah, I'd say probably her and Charlotte, or uh, but for different Charlotte. reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. After that, Andrade and Zelina addressing the WWE universe, cutting a promo on Rey Mysterio. So again, building up the Elimination Chamber match. Yeah. Um, that was. I, I think Zelina was awesome there. I think she's such a superstar. And she makes Andrade look like a superstar. Yeah. yeah. And then Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan, non-title match. And what deja vu with this? So Rowan helped uh, for DQ, grabbed Hardy. The match was a DQ. Um, and then remember how they went, uh, the go-home show before the Royal Rumble? This was the exact same thing. Everyone in the Elimination Chamber came out one by one. 
just start beating each other up. Reminding everybody, <laughs> hi, we're always still in this angle. Don't forget. Yeah, and so you do a crappy DQ on Raw, which was last night on Raw. That DQ is one of the dumbest DQs I've seen in a long time, where the other tag team partner interfered, um, which was just stupid. And then you followed up with another DQ in the main event again. I just thought that was just lazy. Um, and this match was just, it was just there, which is weird because a year ago, if you told me Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy, that's like a dream match a year ago. And it was just there. Yes. yes. High point for me and many listeners of this podcast was, uh, I believe, Corey Graves uh, said something about uh, something reducing carbon footprint. I was like, ooh, carbon footprint. Yeah. Like, Matt Morgan needs to get in on this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, and then Daniel Bryan was yelling backstage after uh, just this, this was not a great episode of SmackDown and SmackDown has been so, so good. Typically better. I think raw actually might've been better this week. I'm bad luck. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I I thought it was a week, a week, week of WWE TV. I wonder if they just kind of threw in the towel tonight because of the state of the union. So. Yeah, tons of overlap there. Yeah, no, man. Uh, that usually does take a little chunk out of the ratings. though. Not huge, but it, it does affect it a little bit. Have you guys ever, and I'm going to say this, like, I don't think I've ever watched the State no, of the Union address live. Nobody does. Nobody does. I'm in politics. Nobody does. Yeah. I mean, whether I like the president <laughs> or not, I don't think I've ever right. been like, Ooh, I got to sit down and order pizza. It's like Oscar night. Going to watch this live. No. It, it, it was originated as a letter. It was supposed to be an official letter from our president. That was it. Coming mm-hmm. over what's going on. Yeah. Now it's a drive-by victory tour. <laughs> so you we'll see. I mean? We'll see what that does to the ratings tonight. Um, yeah. No, nobody, no, nobody watches that. At least I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. What's yeah. that? Last year, it, you know, it, what usually happens is SmackDown is just way down in uh, on where it placed, where it ranked among TV shows, because all the new shows are on top. And so SmackDown will be like number 20 on cable, as opposed right. to, you know, usually being at the top five. I did want to tune in, though, guys. I got to be honest. The wrestler in me, not the politician, wanted to watch it just to see, like, all the uncomfortableness in the room. <laughs> and what potentially could happen. So I was clicking back and forth. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, I'm I'm kind of curious myself. <clears throat> yeah. Drama writes itself. <laughs> uh, so what else is going on? I don't even think we have to rate this episode of SmackDown. Uh, yeah, AJ got physical. AJ's been dealing with a hernia. And so he, oh. he got physical. Matt, do you know typically with the hernia what yes. kind of recovery that, that is? That could take a few months. I, I, it depends. Like it's out a, of action it, in a few It It depends. Sports hernia um, in the groin area generally. Um, yeah. I've had that for one month and I've been okay. I've also had it for six months and lingered. So you just you just worked with it? Yes, you can work around it for sure. Yes. Okay. So apparently that's what he's doing. So he's missing some live events, but um, yeah, he was in action tonight. He's going to be in the elimination chamber. So it hurts. Um, hey guys, there you go. Seth Rollins. It hurts. No, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. It hurts like hell, though. 
He's, oh, he's, I'm sure. He's, he's <laughs> I get uncomfortable saying it. <laughs> it kills. Yeah, yeah I bet. Um, no, wish him uh, the best in his time of recovery. Um, just looking at Twitter, I think Becky Lynch, uh, her tweet, better than most of SmackDown, which was, uh, hey, Steph, be sure to ask your husband how his day at work was. <laughs> yeah. Her, her, her Twitter game is sound. She's got a she's got a strong Twitter game for sure. Um, How's Seth Rollins? Also, Seth Rollins has got a back injury, so he's not going to be doing anything physical, I guess, for the next month. Um, but yeah, he's fine for WrestleMania. It's nothing that's going to put that match in jeopardy. So, and speaking of Mania, so, is yeah. there news about Dean Ambrose on WrestleMania weekend? So Dean Ambrose, I mean, he'll be part of the WrestleMania week festivities. So when they said his contract expires in April, lately they've been saying, um, you know, like Daniel Bryan's contract expires in September, but that's September 1st. And so it's like midnight of September 1st is when it expires. So I'm guessing his must run through the end of April. So he will be there for WrestleMania weekend. They, he's at the 8 a.m. Uh, 8 a.m. signing on Sunday morning, which is the day of the show. He's the only one doing one. Um, you know, the Hall of Fame is the night before. So I have a feeling he's not going to be on that show. Um, wow. It's the worst what's time. That? That's the worst time to get. Right, exactly. Um, usually they put like a legend in, I would think, or like, a, you know, a, someone like that. But Dean, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I, I, he's he'll be doing stuff over WrestleMania weekend. He'll be there. Uh, the fan questions will be interesting, but um, I'm guessing he's he's not going to have a huge role at, on the show, or he he would not be doing it that morning. Yeah. Ooh. Quiet week, all things considered, compared to last week at least. Uh, elimination. Yeah. Chambers. The uh, only other only other thing is that the SmackDown ratings are and uh, the Raw rating was, like I said, was down 18% last year. You know, most of TV is down like, you know, five to 10%. So it's, it's down a lot more in TV and a lot more from when Fox made the deal with WWE. So they really need to work, uh, especially with SmackDown on getting those numbers up. Yeah. I just, I think they fundamentally don't understand why the numbers have went down so much. Like, I just don't think they get it. If they did, they'd be changing it, right? I mean, the new matchups, the variety, the new superstars. We've had new superstars that are largely treated like a joke so far. Yeah. Um, the matchups are still just as repetitive. Yeah. I mean, it's it's when I go to that Bischoff saying, that Sarsa, story, anticipation, reality, surprise, and action. Have some like good storytelling, like how would you script a movie? How would you, if this match was in a movie, how would you script it? Are you going to just have them beat each other the whole movie? Or do you tell a story to finally get to that match and have it be in, you know, epic encounter by the time the story is told? Um, anticipation, reality. You don't have any reality right now. Um, and, you know, surprise, you don't really see much surprise. So if they can start working on all those elements, I think, you know, they can. That's where they need to really make their changes, not new graphics or anything like that. It's weird. They sent out a survey, uh, WWE Fan Council, and the survey was all about halftime heat and the uh, World's Collide tournament. Like, that's what they're researching right now. How, did you guys watch halftime heat? Yes. Yeah, I think they should do more stuff from the performance center. I thought that looked 
pretty good for their first time broadcasting matches from there. All right. I mean, not perfect, but it was different. I liked it. Yeah, I haven't seen it, and I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's not, um, and they're keeping with the continuity of TV, not the continuity of the tapings. I'll just yeah. say that without spoiling anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've that's what I've heard. Also, um, this Thursday is the AEW rally, it or the uh, ticket the ticket sale event that's in Las Vegas. Lots of uh, expectation that that uh, Kenny Omega will be showing up there. So uh, there is that. So that's this Thursday. Any truth to the rumors? AEW is going after a big signing currently in the WWE. I don't. Again, I, I saw that it's a. It's from an account that they they've broken some stuff before. It's a so. I just don't see how they would do it with someone under contract. I mean, and WWE doesn't really have any big names that I know of that are not under contract that were be legal to do so. So unless there was some weird contractual loophole, it seems like a, a really risky thing to try to tamper with, you know, contracts with someone under WWE contract, even though WWE has done that before. It could be Dean Ambrose and they still be within their, playing field of saying they're signing a big WWE star. Hmm. Could be. But even with Dean Ambrose, could they could they talk with him uh while he's technically still under contract? They don't have to say that part of it. Yeah. They'd be stupid too. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, Chris Jericho's often would talk about how when he was under contract with WCW and Vince McMahon flew him out and you know, there's all these guys who are under contract and, you know, AEW, the day they were not under contract, you know, it's announced. So they were working on it while they were under contract. So yeah. they could have talks, I guess, and not offer an official deal. I don't you, know. Can, you can have third parties contact one another. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll see. So that rally is Thursday. I'm sure Wrestling Inc. will have all the we news as it breaks. Coverage of that. The WWE uh, first quarter results coming out. That And that should uh, – I'm sorry, not the first, uh, the, the fourth quarter of last year. And one interesting thing from that is we should know really how much they made from those Saudi Arabia deals. So, Oh, yeah, and they're going back to Saudi Arabia. Ugh. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, no details on what it'll be called, but May 6th, I believe, is the date. They're really testing my morality. (laughs) (laughs) Not that much, Matt. If they really were testing your morality, it would be like, hey, Matt Morgan, Saudi Prince was a big fan. Want you to come out just for one entrance, one match. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dress like Sid Vicious and come out. We shall see. Uh, that's probably that's probably par for the course too. Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> that would be his guy. He I picked. can see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, anything else, Raj? I feel like we've hit a ton of stuff here. Yeah. No, I think we. I think we got it. Cool, Matt. Anything you want to plug before we take this home? No. Okay. Cool. So uh, as Raj said, stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. Stuff on the AEW rally as it happens Thursday. Uh, the interview with Jeff Jarrett, I believe. Did that go live already? 
Uh, that's going live tomorrow. An interview with Conrad Thompson talking about StarCast 2. It's going live on Thursday. So uh, check those out. Awesome, man. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein, where I tweet along live with WWE programming. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, those five stars definitely help other people discover the podcast. Until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.